Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. This is B-Side Stories. Uh, welcome to the second half of our show. We're chatting to the people who make Wellington tick. I'm one of your hosts, Laura, and I'm turning over to Ruth. Hi, everybody. Now, I am a mountain biker, and on a sparkling morning, I love hurtling along the Brooklyn tracks in the Pole Hill Reserve, the dappled light, the bushy smells, and the bird song. Music that is a soothing antidote to the busyness of life. Now, my mother loved native birds, and when she was ill with cancer, she joked she would come back and visit us as a bird. So sometimes, when I'm out, I'll stop for a sweaty breather, listen to the bird song, and remember her. Our native birds are a treasure, and my guest today is someone who plays a part in keeping that treasure available for us all. Eighteen months ago, David Harkness took on the challenge of harnessing his local community to support the Wellington City Council's objective of creating a predator-free Wellington, and predator-free Brooklyn was launched. A group currently a nominee in the upcoming Wellington Airport Regional Community Awards, David is with us today to talk about predator-free Brooklyn. Welcome, David. Hi, thanks for having me. So predator-free Brooklyn's both a a mission, uh, and an objective, and it's a group with its own Facebook page and followers. So what is the mission? Oh, well, the, the mission is, um, I guess, part of the wider you know, national conversation around Predator Free 2050, and, and that's where we came from. Um, and it's about you know, us as a local community doing what we can with, it, with, with our resources and our organisation to, to try and move that objective along. So um, our, our specific focus is uh, about trapping of rodents in our backyards because that's the area that we control. Um, and I guess Brooklyn uh, is where I live, but it's, it's really important in the sense that we've got the Zealandia uh, sanctuary as, as a kind of a sink or a source for, uh, for, for, for all these great uh, species that are now starting to spill over into the Pole Hill area. We've seen saddlebacks there. Hopefully we're going to see hee hee uh, fairly soon. Um, and so we're providing a, a kind of a, 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 an ongoing support by trapping of the, the rats and the mice in, in our backyards. So why is this a desirable objective? I mean, um, it's all lovely. We, lo- we love the birds, but, but why? And, and is this a desirable objective to get predator free? I, I, I think each, each individual person you ask is, is possibly going to give you their own opinion on this. I mean, for me, it was this is such a wacky concept. You could, how could we possibly get rid of rodents from the whole country? Um, it's, it's impossible. But hey, wouldn't it be really cool to try? And so, um, uh, yeah, I got connected to it um, talk, talking with Kelvin Hasty, who'd. who'd um, done this in Crofton Downs, and um, within about a year to eighteen months, um, you know, Crofton Downs had, had declared themselves predator-free, um, and it was a simple matter of getting traps out to twenty percent of the households in in that suburb, and and putting them on an appropriate grid, and and and, and putting in boundaries and and the like, and. Um, it just seemed, well, if they can do it, why can't we? You know, maybe we're a wee bit bigger, but, uh, you know, the concept's the same. So who are the people that make up predator-free Brooklyn? Um, so, so the group came about, um, a lot of people were following the Pole Hill protectors on Facebook, 
And uh, it, one of the guys, Mark Slade, um, after the 2015 announcement, um, nationally said, well, hey, what about a predator-free Brooklyn? Uh, Paul Stanley Ward, who, who's kind of one of the mainstays in the Pole Hill Protectors, said, well, you know, why don't we get a group together? He organised us all to meet in the pub, because the pub's a very important place to meet. Um, and 13 people from across Brooklyn um, just met up and, and said, well, how, how would we make this happen? Um, you know, we heard from Paul, we heard from Kelvin, and, and then we were kind of left to our own devices of, you know, what, what are we going to do next? Um, and I guess Brooklyn, uh, you know, we wanted to take the widest definition possible. So it's, uh, it's Brooklyn, it's Mornington, it's Vogeltown, it's Kingston, it's, it's Panorama Heights. Um, and, and so that's about 4,000 properties uh, across the suburb. And it's like, well, yeah, as a small group of people, we're never going to manage to, to, to deal with 4,000 properties. So we, we kind of divided things up. Um, you know, along streets, we've got a little map that uh, Google map that, that, that you can access through our Facebook group. You see who's looking after what area, um, and we've set it up in a, a, as distributed a way as possible. Um, but we've got uh, we, we've got twenty two team leaders that kind of look after different bits, and, and people have come and gone from that group over the period that we've been going. Um, and, and so we're a very loose collective, but but a community of people that have this objective in common. Mm. So you've set yourselves up. This was a question I had later, but you've set yourselves up slightly differently to how the Crofton Downs group set themselves up initially, haven't you? I, I think so. I mean, I, I'm, I'm to, to be perfectly honest, I'm not entirely clear how, how some of the other groups have set right. themselves up. But, um, yeah, I think some of the other groups have, have um, centralised things where uh, people would email their catches back in and, and, and so somebody would keep a register of, of things. And it was very um, consolidated. Whereas um, w- when you're thinking about 4,000 properties to get to uh, one, in, uh, one in five, that's 800 people that might be reporting back every week. Um, that's an awful lot of uh, data and email to, to, to get through. So we wanted to, to distribute the, the, the load as much as possible. So a lot of the communication is going out through Facebook. Uh, we, we also have a, um, you know, a, a MailChimp email sort of list that goes out. Um, we collect data through people's uh, catch reports, which is just an online form that people can submit themselves. And uh, then um, yeah, I can go back or a number of people can go into the data at the back end and see what it's telling us. So, so what do you mean by predator-free Brooklyn? Are you targeting all predators or just some? And this is this is an individual backyard project, isn't it? Yeah, this is, this is a backyard project. Harnessing so, 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 our so own backyard. It, it's it's our own backyard. So, so essentially we, we, we'll, give you, um, we'll give you a rat trap and a tunnel. So the tunnel is a wooden box that you put it in to stop your cat or your children to, from, from, from getting access to it easier or stop the wind blowing it away. Um, and uh, so we'll give you that for free, uh, although we do take donations and contributions if people want to. Um, and um, we ask in return that you will uh, keep that uh, trap baited. So things like peanut butter, Nutella, your pantry items, um, that uh, you check it regularly. Um, so yeah, ideally uh, once a week and that you report back what you catch. Um, through through our online form, um, and and it's really as simple as that. So when you started, you were you were really surprised at the level of interest that it generated, weren't you? Tell us about your launch event. You'd had your meeting in the pub, and you'd been thinking, how do we do this? And then you had a launch. What happened? Well, there, there was quite some period of time between that initial meeting and and, and the launch event, because um, you know, the first thing we had to do was figure out a source of funding. Um, and we had a number of grants that we applied for, um, 
uh, a couple of false starts. Um, being a, a community group, we were not incorporated and we kind of chose not to go down that kind of legal route of, of, of incorporating, which precluded us from a number of funding arrangements. Uh, we came to an arrangement with Forest and Bird, who um, who act as an umbrella group for us, and uh, that allows us to, to approach uh, donor organisations that require an incorporated society. Um, we also approached Transpower through their community care fund um, and we were very lucky to, to, to receive a very generous donation of $20,000 to, to, to essentially fund our whole project. Because if you think about the cost of a, a, a trap in a tunnel box, it's about 25 bucks uh, per person that we're, that we're giving out. Um, so we needed to get that source of funding. We needed to purchase the traps. Um, we purchased a whole bunch of the tunnels. Um, uh, we, we did a deal with um, the Department of Corrections, and so the guys at Rimataka Prison Workshop made 300 tunnel boxes for, for our launch event. And then we needed to drum up some demand from, uh, from the community. So whilst the politicians were out last uh, July and, and um, leafleting and, and, and canvassing, we were out, um, we, we delivered 4,000 flyers to, to you know, every mailbox in Brooklyn. Um, and I was hoping that we might get a couple of hundred people come along to the Vogelmorn Bowling Club and uh, to, to hear us launch our thing, hand out some traps, and then we'd have a stock of, of things to, to, to give out. It, it turned out we had possibly the most perfect day. It was still, it was clear, it was sunny. Um, and uh, we kicked off at one o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and we must have had at least 600 people come through the doors b- between then and four o'clock when we finished up. And we had, we, we had the Scouts supporting us. We had a whole bunch of other community groups there. So friends of Fear of Stream, friends of Central Park all came along to support. Um, and it was just uh, the most magical launch experience. And it really, so, so it took our numbers up from um, you know, about 100 trappers up to 400 in, in uh, you know, over the course of the day, and we've since then added another couple of hundred. So, what's the current status of the group? Like, how many households are participating now? So, we've just got uh, we, we're just shy of six hundred trappers, uh, five hundred ninety-six, um, and um, we uh, the last data I looked at earlier today, uh, we're about to tick over two thousand uh, pests dispatched. So that's. Uh, Almost a thousand mice, almost a thousand rats, fourteen hedgehogs, and one weasel. Cool, <laughs> great. So, so you're targeting rats, mice, rats, hedgehogs, mice, and hedgehogs. But you're not actually targeting weasels, stoats, other oh, predators. We're giving out small traps. Yeah. So, so the, the snappy trap is um, you, you know, a, a relatively small mm. size thing. Um, the the mustelids um, have a huge home range, and so all of the reserve areas in Wellington. Uh, target those um, either through the, uh, the the poison baits that the council's put down, or um, or trapping in uh, in the reserve areas that's controlled by the landowner, essentially the council or, or the regional council. Um, and so, you know, we figure that the the, the muscles are dealt to by those uh, those programs. I mean, obviously, if people want to um, get bigger traps. Um, yeah, I'd rather they kind of take the responsibility for that themselves because if you've looked at a Doc 200 trap, um, it, it, yeah, it'll take your hand off. And I don't really want to be handing those things out. Kind of, uh, I imagine kind of, some of those bigger predators are more likely to be in the bush rather than backyards. Would that be right? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. Oh, um, yeah, I know where, 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 where Kelvin started his whole thing was seeing a, see, seeing a stoke cross his deck, <gasps> um, and he thought, I've got to deal with this. Um, I've never seen 
in, in the wild, a, a stoat or a weasel. Um, the council have some uh, fantastic furry friends. So if you've got a community organization thing going on, you can borrow them from the, the taxidermied uh, pests and you can, so you can show people what you're looking at. So what is your target? Uh, so, so, so what our target, um, from a participation perspective, we're trying to get uh, a little bit more than our one in five. So we're trying to get to 900 people. So we're two thirds of the way there. Uh, so if we can add kind of 50 a month for the next uh, six months, then we'll, we'll get there. Um, in terms of, of catches, it, it's very hard to prove a negative. So I think you, let, let's get to the, the target numbers of people participating. Let's understand where the, um, the gaps are in our, our area. So because at the moment we, we take people's street addresses, we'll plot those on the map and we'll start to see if there are certain gaps. And by the time we get to about 800, we'll start to then particularly focus. Um, and then it's keeping people engaged and keeping people um, you're checking the traps and reporting because I imagine I now, might have given out a few. how do you that, do that? Because yeah. I am guilty of having a trap in my backyard and it may not necessarily always be baited and checked. Mm. Um, the only way we can do that is through engagement. So, and, and like that's we don't through, get a prize for the most rats caught. <laughs> no. Well, if anybody lives in the Brooklyn area or, or not even in the Brooklyn area but wants to get involved and help, push the communication side of things along. Uh, really love to talk to you. Um, well, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. How do people join the program? And then what do they get? And and you've said a little bit about what is expected, but how yeah. do they join? How do they join? Uh, the, the very simple way is uh, send me an email at predatorfreebrooklyn at gmail.com uh, or have a look on our Facebook group. It's uh, No Rats Brooklyn. Um, and um, and there's, a, there's a pinned post right at the top of that group that gives you all the information you need. Um, once you've emailed me um, uh, with your street address rather than your email address, um, I'll you know, work out who is looking after your area. Um, I'll, I'll send you both an email. To, to They'll get in touch with you. They'll get a trap to you. Um, they'll show you how it works. Um, they'll show you how to log the, the, the kills on our um, online form. And it's over to you. Mm. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. How do you measure the group's effectiveness? Well, as I said, at, at this, I, yeah, I think we're still at an early stage. Uh, it, it's all about the killing. It's all about the numbers of, oh, of pests. The killing. And, and all about the killing. Um, and, and I think you know, um, some of the different groups across Wellington are, are aggregating their data. Uh, I haven't looked at it for a little while, but yeah, we're probably pushing on twenty thousand across the uh, across the city area, the region. Um, but I think over time we'll move that um, view on effectiveness away from that and onto what are the positive outcomes. So um, there are uh, a, a number of bird count uh, um, measures going on. Um, and um, yeah, as we go through, it's a multi-year thing, um, people will start to notice, Yeah, certainly I notice anecdotally that there seems to be more bird life in my backyard. Um, and as we get some data around that through through the bird counts and what have you, um, hopefully we, we start to build a better picture so the of that. So the data that predator-free Brooklyn gets, what happens to that? Does that get passed on to the council and what do they do? Yeah, so, so, so there are a number of um, – uh, that's one of our objectives this year is actually to move out of our sort of little standalone ecosystem where we collect stuff on a Google form and it goes into a big spreadsheet that, um, that, that we look at. Um, so there are two other uh, areas that, that data is being collected from. Uh, so the Predator Free Wellington uh, which is backed by the regional council, uh, the Wellington City Council and the Next Foundation, um, are, are, are collecting data uh, through TrapNZ. 
so we have been providing them with an upload of, of our data, and we'll start to do that on a monthly basis. And then there's an ArcGIS system, which a number of the groups are using, which generates some quite cool heat maps of the, the density and the intensity of, of, of catches. And I think it can do time series and, and, and some interesting visuals around the data. So uh, we just need to get our data into those sources. And yeah, at some point, uh, we may move away from our own do-it-yourself Google form and into you, you sending the link for, for these other probably more robust uh, mechanisms out. And it's not just the birds that we're trying to protect, is it? There's a lot of other um, um, creatures in that ecosystem that yeah. the rats and other predators are getting. What are yeah, the other I mean, things we're protecting? Lot, the, the, there's insects and there's the, 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 you know, the, you've got your wetters and your, your indigenous species there. You've got lots of lizards and skinks. Um, and... Um, uh, yeah, but I think most people will, will, will see the birds as kind of the, the, the most obvious thing that they can see uh, to make a difference. So are you, how are you supported by the council in, in this endeavour? Uh, or how do they support all of the? Because there are many predator-free. There's, right, there's, there's about 25, 27 suburbs, different uh, d- different suburban groupings. Um, so, so the council's focus um, th- through predator-free Wellington. Um, they've funded a uh, project director um, to essentially start to set up some frameworks around that. Um, their focus has been very much around the Miramar area. So Miramar has been possum-free. Can they make that then rodent-free? And because you've got the runway as kind of a natural barrier, so quite sensibly kind of working out from um, yeah, for, from from a controlled point and 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 pushing on to then su- surrounding suburbs. Um, they've coordinated a number of get-togethers for 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 the different groups, the group leaders. Um, it's where we can exchange ideas, but it's 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 a very um, sort of loose community-driven thing. So people, you know, what other groups have started um, that were starting after me, um, that, you know, people would come along and say, "Hey, how did you get going?" Um, and I, you know, I would meet people for coffee and say, "Well, here are the things that I did. Here are the things I wish I'd done differently." Um, you know, now and 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 so each group, I think, just by the nature of how, how they operate, will, will operate slightly differently, but based on the people that are involved. And do you think that predator-free status is a, is actually an attainable and reachable goal, or more of an ongoing general commitment? Well, I, th- I think there's a, there is an ongoing commitment. So I think yeah, we we yeah, for for us it's it's the phases are um, get to yeah get started, get to scale. So let's get our nine hundred or maybe a few more people out there trapping, and then keep engagement going so we keep people uh, checking their traps, Ruth. And, um, um, yes, David. <laughs> and and reporting back. Um, yeah, is it achievable as as an overall thing? I have no idea. Um, yeah, it seems pretty crazy that, that that we could manage to rid the whole country of rodents. But but, but the point but is, not? it's worth trying, right? And and if and 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 even if we don't completely get to a zero base, yeah, if we've taken out uh, some of those predators, um, yeah, the improvement in chances for the for, for for the native birds and the other wildlife. Um, yeah, we should see a benefit to us. And if my mum has come back as a bird, she stands a better chance, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so the Wellington Re- Airport Regional Community Awards are coming up on the 26th of July. Tell us about that. Do you know why you've been nominated? Well, I think um, you know, different groups can be nominated. I think anybody can be nominated. Um, and they look for groups that um, you have a, a, you know, an active base, uh, they're doing something innovative with, with the community or... or, or um, are having results within the community, um, 
and uh, yeah, we'll find out where where we can. But uh, yeah, we've got some good uh, predecessors from from the local region. So the the Brooklyn Trail Builders uh, were, were nominated and and won their sport category a couple of years ago. The Polo Protectors uh, got, got got an award last year. So Brooklyn um, just rocks, obviously. So I, hope, I would just yeah. like to shout out that I also live in Brooklyn. <laughs> So is there anything else that you would like the listeners to know before you leave us today? And I have uh, some questions to jump in with as well. Oh, good. Go. Uh, I guess I, I've i got a trap running in my backyard myself, which I check regularly, Ruth. You should know. Um, I'm getting shamed here. <laughs> this is unfair. But I had... Uh, uh, heaps of I was getting heaps of catches when it was first put out, and now not have had a bit of a dry spell. So mm. I've got like a bit of bloodlust for catching predators. <laughs> Do you have any practical tips for keeping the traps effective? Should I move them or uh, should I change yeah, the I mean, bait? I th- yeah, I think I think certainly refreshing the bait reasonably regularly every couple of weeks is a good thing to do. Um, Certainly, when I started, um, yeah, I had my trap for four months um, and had not caught a thing whilst everybody else around me was catching stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I, I moved it to the other side of the garden, and, and suddenly I got you know one a day for the next six days. Um, you know, certainly they don't. The, the, you, know, you want to put it at the edge of uh, your know, runway. They don't like crossing the open lawn type area. Um, uh, and um, yeah, I think just keep going. And what is the best way to dispose of said dead rats? Ah, well, there's a, an interesting question. So, if you're growing, uh, you know, growing a tree in your garden, you can bury it and plant your thing on top of it. Um, you can um, put it in your domestic rubbish. You wrap it up. Uh, you can biff it down the bank. That's kind of what I do. <laughs> um, um, Back yeah, to the, nature. The, the, if, if your compost runs hot enough, you might consider that. But uh, we've had some feedback saying that's probably not a good idea if you use your compost on on veggies and things that you eat if you're not getting it hot enough. Well, actually, I was wondering whether it would be a good idea to put the rat trap near the compost bin because that's a place they'd be attracted to or... Well, one, one of the things that um, you know, we do recommend to, to, to our people is um, if you can wrap your compost, so you put a little bit of chicken wire around your compost so the rats can't get into it because if you've got this beautiful big gourmet buffet of compost and you've got this little bit of stale peanut butter that's in a dodgy looking well, trap. That's what I was kind of thinking. Um, you know, which would you go for? Yeah. So um, certainly we've had uh, a number of people in, in the group that had quite a lot of success um, after they had wrapped their compost by just putting a little bit of chicken wire right. around it. Thank you. Well, David, we wish you really well for the awards and uh, we will be waiting to hear. Thank you so much for coming in tonight. Thanks for having me. Cheers.
Yeah.